I don't, you know, people like to brand. I don't. Yeah, like it's not like my alter ego or anything. <laughs> I just like it just sounds better than like Slim Tucker out. Yeah. You like lost the recording. I'm like we can start again. I can do that. I um, hope not. That would really suck for me. But um. <laughs> no, I have faith. I think we're. I think. We're, yeah. No, we're good. We're good. I don't know anything about podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia, here for another episode of More Than a Pretty Face. Today, I'm with photographer extraordinaire, Sloane Tucker. Uh, Sloane, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Sloane Tucker, and I am primarily a wedding and portrait photographer. Um, Got the business started in the D.C. metro area when I was living there. And two years ago, I picked up and moved to the Hudson Valley of New York, which is, um, if you're not familiar, it's about two hours outside of the city. So I do primarily a lot of work now in and out of New York City and then also in, um, in my area now. Uh, and that is about it. Yeah, I've been in business for about uh, three years, but I've been working for about like six or seven. Mm. So how did you get started? What was like, oh, I want to be a photographer. That's the, yeah. that's the thing for me, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's kind of a trend to be a photographer, but for me, <laughs> everybody's um, got a camera. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like everyone buys like a fancy camera from like, I don't know where Amazon. And then I'm guilty of it. Like I'm, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, we need more photographers out there. But, um, but no, so I, uh, I found photography in high school, just like your normal, like run of the mill elective course. And I totally took it passively, uh, and absolutely fell in love with it. And within two years, cause I actually didn't pick it up until junior year. So junior mm-hmm. year fell in love, obsessed senior year. I convinced the professor to let me like skip to the, like the AP course, which is like the college level course. Um, that gets you like a college credit if you choose to go to college. And I told her, I was like, I really, I promise you I'm going to college for this, you know? (laughs) Um, I was like, so let me jump ahead, you know, like, and all this stuff. And we're like great friends now. So it's like, it totally makes sense that she did this for me. Shout out Amanda, if you're listening to this, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so she let me, she let me skip ahead. Um, I took a much more advanced course, like kind of just head first into photography, learning, everything I need to know, but it was still a high school course. So it was just still basic. And then applied for what was formerly the Corcoran College of Art and Design in DC, um, but is now the George Washington University Corcoran School of Art and Design, um, which is (laughs) a mouthful. And the merger (laughs) is a whole other story that I'm not going to get into. But but yeah, so I got accepted there and got a four-year degree in um, fine art photography. And while I was in school, the internship opportunities were very art-focused, like National Gallery of Art, mm-hmm. Smithsonian, things like that, um, because it was a very, again, it was a very art-focused program. And I wanted to learn how to make money. You know, like I wanted to yeah. learn about <laughs> the commercial side. I wanted to learn how to hustle, like all that stuff. So I found some... I found some photography Facebook groups where, you know, people look for jobs and people will like post jobs and things like that. And just kind of did like a little bit of like networking 
in my freshman year and I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm a photography student. I'm looking to shadow and learn and da, 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 da. And I found a wedding photographer that I could work for. And I had zero interest in weddings. I just wanted to learn how to create a business out of mm-hmm. photography. I just wanted to learn outside of all the mechanical things yeah. and all the technical things, you know, like I wanted some real world experience. And so I started working with a wedding photographer that photographed primarily um, Indian and Southeast Asian weddings. So it was super fun, like really crazy, hectic, um, like lots of colors, like the culture was amazing to witness and all of that. Um, So I was just an assistant. I wasn't taking any photos. I was just assisting him, you know, carrying his like stuff around and just chatting with him whenever I could about, you know, his business and stuff like that. And Um, and towards the end, I worked with him for two years and towards the end, um, I got a new camera that was closer to his like camera here. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, Oh, if you want to bring it next time that we work together, um, that would be great. And you can take some photos if you're not assisting me. And if you have a free moment and you can use them, build your portfolio, which is very generous of him. Mm -hmm. So Um, I photographed, I took a few photos, um, at maybe one or two weddings, posted them on Instagram just because I was like so proud. I was like, take a look at this. Like my first, my first, uh, images that I took for him were, um, it was an Indian fusion wedding. So the bride was white and the groom was Indian. So they had like two ceremonies, two sets of outfits, like super incredible Mm -hmm. day, um, and got lots of awesome photos out of it. And then my, my cousin who had gotten engaged around this time saw these photos and thought that I just broke into wedding photography. So she messages me, she messages me and she's like, Hey, um, I saw your like wedding photos, da, 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 da. Like, would you be willing to shoot like my wedding this summer and, or next summer or whatever it was? And I was like, I guess I could, because I've just been watching you know, mm-hmm. this wedding photographer worked for two years straight. I'm like, I feel like I, I understand like the scheduling and the flow and the shot list and this and that and the other. And I was like, okay, I think like I can do this. And so my first wedding was for family, which a lot of photographers kind of, you know, their first thing yeah. was like for family or friends. Um, and then, you know, that grew my portfolio even more. And then people literally just assumed that I was a living <laughs> photographer now. They were like, oh, and she I does that. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, we're just going to fake it till we make it. And, you know, three years later, I'm still doing that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so that's kind of like how it got started. That was June, 2016. So I guess, oh, we're coming up on like four years in now. Um, but, but yeah, so that's like basically how, um, that's how I got started in photography in general and in weddings. And even though like I don't use my degree specifically to, you know, for like an employer or for like some sort of creative agency or something, um, I still use it to be self-employed and it, mm-hmm. and it really helps, um, for that. So I don't regret going to college, um, by any means, especially because I'm terrible at being self-taught. Like a lot of photographers, <laughs> You know, they go yeah. to what's called YouTube University. Um, and just, hey, listen, like, I learned yeah. many a thing on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, there's it is it is absolutely amazing what is on there. But like every time I look at a video, I'm like, 
I just sit on the couch and watch it and like don't actually do anything. I'm like, that looks really nifty and I'll just get to that when I get to it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so absolutely nothing wrong with being self-taught but my brain just like does not work that way, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I had to go the whole four year degree route. So, um, yeah, that pretty much brings us to today. Here I am. A wedding photographer. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I know we know, some mutual folks and that's obviously how I got your name because yes. you did a friend of ours wedding mm-hmm. yeah Rebecca and, and Jonathan and Jonathan both of whom were on the podcast yes love yes, them yes I loved their episode so so much <laughs> just like quick quick tangent I am the product of an interracial marriage so I like absolutely resonated with everything that they were talking about and stuff like that um Yeah, and they're just such genuine, sweet people. I, like, absolutely love them. Their day was incredible, and that's when I met Maggie for the first time, Mm -hmm. because Obi's the one that hooked me up with Rebecca and Jonathan, and then I met Maggie, and now we're just, we're all buds. Yeah, (laughs) and they're, I mean, they're... They're gems and joys that I can't even fully express. Anyway, (laughs) this is about you. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for them. If it wasn't for them. Um, Because I remember, and the thing is, like, I remember when I um, had met Rebecca and Jonathan, and, like, I had seen their, obviously, I became friends with them after they got married, and I, like, saw their wedding. I was like, these are? incredible like the light (laughs) yeah because the lighting was just on point and I remember because we were we were talking about Black Panther we were talking and like and the lighting situation because like you know not everybody can like photograph black people and so that was that was actually like sort of uh it was really important to them Mm -hmm. um when they first reached out they were extremely transparent about it which I love they were like we are an interracial couple and we know that photographing two different skin tones is not it's not just a like a walk in the park like you have to know what to do and they asked me they were like do you have any experience with with um with couples that are interracial or mixed or you know whatever you want to call it and my first wedding after my cousins was actually a Nigerian groom and a Latina bride. So I pretty much got that, you know, experience right out the gate. And I think by the time their wedding had rolled around, I had also done a Pakistani uh, fusion wedding uh, where the groom's Pakistani, the bride was white. Um, so I was definitely, and especially living in D.C., it's it's so common. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was definitely no stranger to interracial weddings, um, you know, intercultural weddings, things like that. So I was like, boom, 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 here you go, here you go, here you go. <laughs> you know, um, we met at Union Market, like totally hit it off, like discussed details, and that was like pretty much the end of it. But but you're right, it is definitely not photographing, you know, white people or white passing or something is definitely not the same as photographing black people for sure. Especially when you're like going from inside to outside mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You gotta you got to make sure the melanin pop in, you know? Yes. <laughs> and it was. I mean, the the pictures looked in, incredible. And they were like, yeah, she's like. But, yeah, they were just, like, they were so complimentary of you. And then, obviously, I used your photos, like, in a lot of their promo uh, for their episodes. And I was like, I need mm-hmm. to, like, also get this girl 
on the pod and like talk about it because I don't think I've had a photographer on that's like a professional um before and and I love that you're like a black woman in this space as well I mean yes you're obviously interracial but I I think like it also provides still like a different perspective and what has that been like for you because have you been able to have a lot of black or even female kind of mentors to look up to in in doing this work yeah that is such a good question um, <laughs> so um so first of all the the interesting thing about my career path is that it is very different being a black woman in dc as mm-hmm. it is being where i live in new york um i don't live in the city so i don't live in as a diversified area mm-hmm. um so moving up here, I live in a city called Beacon, and moving up here, I was completely shell shocked in terms of <laughs> you know the demographic and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I wasn't expecting anything, but then I realized I was like, oh, DC like is Chocolate City, you know? I was, yeah. Like I felt so comfortable, you know, around people of like you know all races, like black, white, Hispanic. Asian, whatever. Um, and then moving here, I was like, where are all the, where are all my people at, you know? Um, so it's definitely been, you know, a, a shift in, you know, my career, uh, perspective and my clientele and things like that. Um, and when I first started again, like my first, my first wedding, one of my first Mm -hmm. weddings was interracial. So I was very familiar with um, working with different cultures, uh, different people, different skin tones, you know, photographically, things like that. And, um, and it definitely gave me like quite an appreciation for, um, for what it's, for what it's like to just be around different cultures in a professional capacity like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then in terms of, in terms of mentors, I would, I definitely have had a lot of female mentors because wedding photography is a very feminine owned space, Mm, um, mm. which I'm very, I'm very glad to be because, um, I, I have some male photographers that I know and love, but they can be, there are others out there that are just sketchy or, (laughs) you know, just like, or aggressive or, Mm -hmm. or things like that, you know, like, and I don't, I'm not calling out any names but it's just in general like even studying photographers in um in college you know there were some photographers that I was like that person is you know like he's assaulted his models before like Mm -hmm. I don't want to study this person you know um so it's definitely was interesting you know working or or learning about male photographers Mm -hmm. in like the college days and then moving forward to um wedding photography it it was a breath of fresh air because I was surrounded by, by women in, in mm. the workforce. Um, the planners were mostly women. Um, the photographers that I was networking with were mostly women as well. Um, so that definitely created a much safer space for me to grow. Um, and the photographer that I worked for um, as an assistant was actually, he was a male, but he was, you know, extremely kind and generous and things like that. So of course, like, you know, not all male photographers are created equally, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, like I definitely prefer to be learning from, from women and things like that and learning from their experiences and, um, 
And in terms, and again, in terms of mentors, it, it, it was definitely very difficult moving to New York because I had to pick up the networking all over again. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my, um, mentors or people that I would shadow or learn from just to kind of get my feet off the ground in a new market where we're women and they were primarily white women, which, you know, is completely fine. But again, coming from DC and coming from a completely different demographic was a big, a big shock. And I didn't really realize how much I cared about my, my black half, if you will, like of my, mm. you know, of my mixed race until I realized I was the darkest one, you know, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, and I know people can't see me right now, but I am kind of like, I can pass as like Latina if I wanted to, like I could be white passing if in the summer, you know, <laughs> like it really just depends. But, um, but yeah, so, so it's definitely been an interesting experience, um, being a woman in this space and being a black woman in this space, especially from when I moved from DC to New York. So what made you do want to do that shift? You know, like, is it is is Hudson Valley? Is that, you know, where the wedding photographers go? And and you were like, I got to follow suit. Um, yeah. So so the move was less uh, career based and a little bit more personal based. So um, uh, so my religious organization, I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses, and we have a volunteer network that's actually based out of the um, Hudson Valley area. And you can apply for photography positions and stuff like that. And it's more of a community um, volunteer work. And so that was the primary reason why I moved up here. And I also have a lot of friends that lived up here. And also DC after college was just... Um, it just wasn't for me anymore. Um, it was a little bit too expensive. It was going to be hard to find a place on my own and things like that. So I was, it was a tough decision. And I also grew up in the DC area. I lived in, um, you know, the Tyson's Virginia area, mm -hmm. like 20 minutes outside the city for like 15 something odd years. So by the time college was over, I was like feeling the need for a change, you know, like a new, a new place to like set my roots. I still do a lot of work in DC, um, which I'm very thankful for. My network is still kind of existing there. Mm -hmm. Um, so work still takes me down there a couple times a year, which is great because I need a DC fix every now and then. <laughs> I just couldn't see myself. <laughs> I just couldn't see myself living there too much longer. So, um, so yeah, but then I actually got here and I realized that because of, um, how expensive New York city is, of course, weddings, which are already extremely expensive are way more expensive in the city. So what, um, residents of Manhattan and Brooklyn will do is get married in the Hudson Valley, turn it into like a little staycation. And they're like, wow, trees are everywhere. Like they're really <laughs> just like, I hop on the phone with my clients and 99% of them will be getting married in my area. And I'll ask them, why'd you pick this place or that place? And they'd be like, we just love nature. And I'm like, man, you guys are really nature deprived. <laughs> I'm like, it's all I have. It's the concrete you know? jungle, like, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's actually a really popular wedding destination, especially for Manhattanites and Brooklynites. So I sort of fell into this like, like plethora or this like amazing opportunity to expand my business um, because I moved here for personal reasons. So it kind of really worked out. 
And so moving to the Hudson Valley, like expanding kind of your market, how did you kind of get your foot in the door with that? Because I know you talked about mentors and, and shadowing. And so was it through this like volunteer opportunity with your religious organization that you were able to kind of make those connects and get your word out there? What was it like to kind of promote yourself in a completely new space? Yeah, so I kind of did something similar to how I started wedding photography at all. I sort of like took to Facebook and Instagram and I was like, hey, I'm moving here. Does anyone know anyone that that photographs weddings in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut? Like, I don't care where. Um, because I wanted to do what's called second shooting for them. And in, mm-hmm. in weddings, a lot of the time, if you have a certain guest count or a certain number of like hours in your schedule that you're going to need photography for, it's best to have a second photographer there, but it's usually not an employee of that photographer. It's an independent contractor. So it's a really good opportunity to work with venues, um, work with photographers, get your foot in the door without actually booking the clients for yourself. Mm, So, mm. so I kind of like took that route and it, and it sort of started felt like starting from the beginning again, but it was really, really beneficial because it created a great referral network. So, mm-hmm. um, some people in my religious organization, cause it's a very small world, some people connected me to some wedding photographers and then some were just people that had followed me that knew a Connecticut wedding photographer or something mm-hmm. like that. And I also took to just scouring through like hashtags on Instagram, <laughs> like New York wedding photographer or like mm-hmm. whatever. And just whoever looked like similar to my shooting style, I just messaged them and I was like, Hey, do you need any contractors for the upcoming season? I just Mm -hmm. moved here. I don't have any work, you know, like would love to get lunch, get a drink, whatever, and just kind of sit down and chat about, you know, and and see if we can potentially work together. And, and I found, and again, it was all women. um, And I found some really great women that I vibed with. Um, we were working together summer, fall, winter, um, and, and that basically spiraled into when they were already contracted for a wedding on a certain date, they would send the referral my way. So, Mm. you know, it was sort of this like low cost opportunity. I wasn't making as much money, but you know, you really have to like pound the pavement when you're self-employed and, and getting yourself like into a new market. But, you know, I knew I could do it. Um, you know, just a little, just going back to the whole interracial thing real quick. Uh, <laughs> my, my dad's family is from Jamaica. Hey, my people. Really? Yes. 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 Okay. My, my grandma's from St. Anne's. Okay. But, um, yes. yes, it is amazing. Look, so both my parents. Yes. Okay. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my dad's family is from Jamaica and my mom's is from Haiti, but on my dad's side, um, my dad was, super, super hard worker. He wanted to be a buyer at Saks in New York city, was living in Florida, drove down to New York, slept out of his car and like got himself the job. I don't, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure he tells the story (laughs) way better, but, and he's also, um, he, and then he got himself into the life insurance game, um, worked his way up from salesman to managing partner. And he's the only black managing partner in the company. So very proud of him for that. And, um, and his father was, you know, Jamaican immigrant, didn't have more than a second grade education, like determined to get to America and, you know, create a life for, for himself, started a landscaping company. Um, so being self-employed is kind of like almost a genetic trait, you know, <laughs> um, and also just 
doing whatever you have to do to like make the best out of the situation to get your to get to your goal Mm -hmm. is something that is extremely part of the Tucker brand if you will so Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so yeah that's something that's that's super important to me so I was I was pretty much sure and certain that moving to New York you know like if there's gonna be a couple bumps in the road but if I just kind of pound the pavement except the fact that I'm not going to be making as much um and and all of that I knew that I I knew that I would be fine and it took about maybe like six months or so along with some paid advertising on the knot. Um, mm-hmm. but then 2019, oh man, I can't remember how many weddings I worked. I think I had 23 weddings in 2019 mm. and then mm. what was going to be the 2020 season. I had almost 30. So <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's, that's now the 2021 season. Mm. I have almost 30 weddings, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so the work has definitely paid off over the past two years living here. That's great. I mean, did you, when you were like in photography, cause you were, you were talking, I mean, obviously you're in photography now. That was incorrect. When you were in college, <laughs> words, um, they're a thing. Uh, you were like, I need to learn how to like make a business out of this. Mm-hmm. So was there always kind of the idea that you were going to be self-employed or were you thinking um, like, oh, I can work for some ad agency or, you know, whatever that looks like, or is it just like, being a photographer, you know that you're going to be self-employed. Yeah, so that's a really good question. I had to find that out as I was navigating the whole learning about business thing. I I noticed that a lot of photographers were self-employed. There aren't a lot of, like, photography agencies, a lot of, like, creative agencies that have in-house photographers. They're kind of few and far between. Um, and I was trying to, like, see about you know, finding opportunities there. And it turned out that it was just a lot more, a lot more difficult and a lot more sparse than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of came to my own conclusion that, um, I would need to start my own business. And then maybe out of that, I could work for like a publication or, um, or something like that. But the, the one opportunity that, you know, photographers do have that's kind of a mix between self-employed and being an employee is working for social media for like small Mm -hmm. businesses and things like that, which is something that I did briefly before I got into weddings, um, or before I fully got into weddings that is, but, um, but yeah, it, it sort of became clear pretty quickly that being self-employed was actually going to be a more guaranteed route because Mm. a lot of, um, a lot of businesses that have photography needs are usually looking for something that's, you know, one time or quarterly, or we'll call you when you need you, but it's a lot less of the, the nine to five in terms of Mm. actually taking photos. But if it came down to, you know, like being an editor or being a creative director or something that sort of like had roots in photography or sort of sort of like sprang from photography, then there would be a little bit more opportunity within like, local businesses and things like that so how did you kind of did you have to teach yourself a lot of like the business side of this because I I feel like coming out of the gate I wouldn't know you know what do I set my rates at you know how do I LLC myself (laughs) how do I get health insurance or just like all these you know things yeah, I was like, I've been full-time for three years now, almost mm-hmm. two, three years now, and I'm still learning, like, all of this stuff, you know, like, still getting my handle on taxes and, like, still <laughs> figuring out all of that stuff. And, um, 
and yeah, so I sort of had to like, when it came to like setting rates, I really was just, at first I was like, how much do you have? You know, <laughs> and I was just like, really didn't care. I was like, I would love some, I would love to say that I made money doing this. So I don't really care what the amount is. And so, so that was kind of like how it started. And then I started just, again, just asking other photographers, like, what rates do you charge and how long have you been in business and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And it was kind of just like this trial and error for the longest time. And, um, and, and it's still kind of in like trial and error mode because it's like, you need to pay, you know, your way through certain things. Like there's cost of doing business and then there's taxes and things like that. Like there's all of this stuff to account for. And, you know, I mostly did have to just trial and error, teach myself how to Mm -hmm. do it. I went to a couple of business workshops. I worked with a sales coach recently Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of helped me when it comes to the actual like selling of, of the whole thing, but Mm -hmm. he didn't help me with, um, like pricing or anything like that. Um, so it was more just of the, of the guys of like, this is, you set your price and then this is how you convince someone that that's the correct (laughs) price, you know? Um, so, so that's kind of like what, what we had to do or what, what I had to do, um, to sort of get my you know, get my bearings on the business side, but you know, like all of that stuff, like taxes and like Roth IRA or like whatever, (laughs) you know, I'm just, I'm still just like, I have, I have a a CPA that helps me with that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of call him and I'm like, what do I do about this? (laughs) You know, like I, 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 I lend my trust to, to the professionals in, Mm -hmm. in that capacity. But, um, but yeah, it's all been just like a really, a really fun thing of trial and error, like mm-hmm. learning, like you need to have a business card and then charge all your things to that one card, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then keep all your little pieces of paper and all your receipts and all your things like that. And I was like, oh boy, okay, I can do this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's been, it's, I'm, I'm still learning and I'm just hoping that I'm doing things correctly because <laughs> everything's so convoluted. It's so hard to like know exactly what to do when it comes to like, yeah business practice and correct business practice but I mean I mean I I get that because my a friend of mine who kind of helped me and she was like sharing me when I first started the podcast and she was like okay like when you eventually start getting advertisers like how much do you want to charge if you get to freelance from this you know how much you want to charge I was like I don't know like twenty dollars and she looked at me (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, $20 feels like a lot of, like, and she, she laughed at me. She's like, Natalia, no, 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 no. When we start freelancing, bare minimum is like first month's, like first of the month expenses. And I was like, what? No one's going to pay you that. She's like, um, they will if they want you. And so this idea of just having like no concept of what, Mm -hmm. like, or at least just kind of like asking your worth and 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 I feel like that's a big thing for women in general is to you know we're less likely to ask for raises and like or even starting salaries that we deserved I mean did you have kind of tension with that being like kind of afraid to ask how much you're actually worth of of clients yeah for absolutely because I also started my business when I was like 19 or something Mm -hmm. so there was like a huge worry about being a woman and like asking for what I need and what I want and what my like experience is worth and then also 
the the notion of you know you're too young to be asking for this much money and it's like Mm -hmm. so I've always and I still face it now but I'm like I've always been dealing with this like tug of war of like you know like don't ask her too much like like not know your place per se but like you know don't be like greedy or overbearing or things like that um because you know when I first got started I I was on the phone with with a potential client and I was like, Oh, well, you know, I'll do this for like a thousand dollars, which in the wedding photography world is, is really low for like an average day of coverage. Mm-hmm. And, and I was on the phone with a groom and he gave me the, the exposure spiel, which if anyone is <sighs> a freelancer or an artist, it is basically when someone tries to take money from you or not give you as much money as you deserve in exchange for, there's going to be a lot of people there and you're, probably going to get some more business Mm -hmm. from this. Mm -hmm. And so that is worth its weight in gold. And, and I had just, I think I had just got it, gotten started. So I was like, um, (laughs) I did not (laughs) know like how to negotiate or how to say like exposure isn't a thing, you know, like (laughs) it's like so hard to explain that to people because it's such a worldwide belief. Like it is such a ever powerful, like, artists don't deserve money because they just want to be in the spotlight or the limelight or whatever. Yeah. When as a photographer, I'm in the background the whole time. That's so. literally your job is to be in the yeah, background. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not up front like, hello, like, like <laughs> you know, even musicians who are literally in the spotlight deserve to be paid, paid you know? Yeah. And my uncle's a musician, so we get into these, like, black hole conversations all the time, and I feel like Drew will be listening to this. So, Drew, I'm here to support you, but... Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, so it's like, it is so, it was so hard at first to like know my worth and also keep my foot down, you know, in terms of like speaking to my worth, you know, and it's still hard sometimes, but now with everything that I've accumulated in terms of the investment that I put into my business, I've put a lot of money into not just gear, but paying for workshops and paying for mentorships and things like that so that my worth can increase, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if a client wants to push back on that, then I am very ready to make a defense of, you know, I, I'm not just sitting around with the same set of tools, you know, like I'm constantly learning and growing mm-hmm. to make my business better so that your experience is better and things like that. And I'm like, so the, this is actually worth it, gold, you know? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm like, people haven't pulled the exposure card on me in a while, but you know, or the, you know, we don't have the budget for that or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I've also worked very hard on my website being very upfront about, Mm -hmm. you know, pricing and where my pricing starts and and things like that. And I think that people can sort of like see that it speaks for for itself. So Mm -hmm. if someone has a budget of like $800 or something, then I think that they I think they know that there are are other photographers that that can help them. But it's not me. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. I was like, we can find, we'll find something for you. It's not going to be me, but you know, others. Exactly. So what has been the most challenging part of of this? I mean, because you're young, you're super young and, and to have your own business and to kind of be like striving for success, what has been the most challenging part of this journey for you? Um, that is such a loaded question. I mean, the most <laughs> challenging part, oh man, I mean, 
One thing that I'm always going back to, I don't know if I would say it's the most challenging part, but one thing that I'm constantly returning to is my age, actually. So I'm mm-hmm. 24, and I've been working for like four four years now in weddings, and a lot of my clients are are in their between their 30s and their 40s because you know we have this at least in I find that in like metropolitan areas the. Mm-hmm the marriage like age average is definitely higher um Mm -hmm. so a lot of my clients are not my age they're they're older than me and you know they have these amazing jobs on like you know in new york city or whatever (laughs) you know so yeah like they're fancy people so (laughs) when, when i have to you know like still be like fun and personable and things like that and then also be a businesswoman and also show my worth based on my years of experience and hope that they kind of forget about my age or don't address it or ask or anything, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, that's always like the biggest fear in the back of my mind. And like, I, I have not really suffered from any like bad cases of like ageism or anything like that, but it's something that is always like a mental struggle of like, I need to take up the proper amount of space, like to prove that I'm worth more than my age Mm -hmm. you know like because people will tell me all the time like oh I could never imagine being like in my early 20s and like on my own like with my own business I'm buying a house like there's all this stuff going Mm -hmm. on you know um they're like I could never imagine you know doing that and I and I I could imagine it and I did it you know and (laughs) I don't I don't see myself doing anything else so it's like Mm -hmm. when people say that to me it's it's a compliment but it also just kind of puts me in my own head and I'm like okay, I got to prove, I have something to prove, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because people are always surprised by, by, by that, you know? Um, so that's always been, and I think that being, I think that being a woman of my age also makes it difficult. I feel like I, I don't personally know any, um, male photographers that are my age, so I'm not really sure how their experience is, but I feel like, you know, the, 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 the common stigma of like, you know, womanhood is always like, you know, be chill, you know, like don't, <laughs> don't be like aggressive or anything mm-hmm. like that, or like be respectful, yada, yada. And I'm like, and of course those are important things, but at the same time, it's like, if I'm putting in the work to, to get myself to this level, to provide you with an like amazing experience for your wedding day, for these, you know, images that you're going to have for, you know, however long it's like, I want to be able to like, you know, show up for that. So it's always kind of like that constant, like mental struggle of like, okay, like you do have this, you do have the right to take up this space, mm-hmm. you know, but it's always about actually taking up the space. Like the hard part, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, Cause I'm like, I know my worth, you know, but then it's, it's hard to sometimes to like fully, fully like be in that space and like take it take it up Mm -hmm. do you do you sometimes maybe like hide your age from people before you know yeah so I try to keep like my college graduation date like pretty (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm like (laughs) you know like I try to kind of be a little bit you know chill about that I definitely try to uh, hide it as much as I can because I've had clients say like oh you're like you know I'm so proud of you. you're such a little baby and stuff like that and I'm like no I'm not you know <laughs> I'm like no I'm, I'm a woman uh, but, but, yeah, I'm a woman like, damn yeah and I'm like and my clients my clients are absolutely amazing and, and they love me as much as I love them but you know sometimes it's it's shocking for them to see 
you know, everything that they've seen. And then they're like, oh, well, like, how old are you anyway? And I'm like, oh, I'm 24, you know? And then they're like, yeah. oh, you know? Like, I don't know anymore. Yeah, exactly. They were like, uh, okay. They are like, we thought you were just Ari. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I definitely do hide it a good chunk of the time. A good chunk of the time. Does that, I mean, you were saying that you like, I don't know any male photographers that are my age. And I'm wondering how many you know even female photographers do you know that are your age and is that is that hard for you to maybe not have people around you in your profession that are you know your age and can commiserate yeah so like I know a few uh female photographers that are my age or in like my my age range of Mm -hmm. like you know under 30 or anything like that but you know but in terms of like uh, actually like learning from each other it's usually a little bit more of like a friendship or more of like you know kind of going through the struggles and stuff like that and um, usually I'll look to photographers that have spent more time in the industry like more like you know more than five years or something like that to gauge like some some real some real insight into like the trends of the area or like whatever I'm interested in learning more about um, but yeah, there aren't a lot of photographers that I know personally that are my age, but I do know that a lot of a lot of women do take up wedding photography um, you know at, at some point in their life. It's, it kind of has felt like a trend almost like the more you kind of look, you see like this person like shot a wedding for their friend and this person did this mm-hmm. and this person did that you know So it definitely seems like wedding photography is something that people, take up a lot you know like if they're creatively minded um I've had friends reach out to me or just people that follow me on Instagram reach out and be like hey um I'm shooting my first wedding this weekend like do you have any tips and stuff like that and I'm like um do a good job you know (laughs) you know like just be yourself and charge your batteries or whatever (laughs) you know um so it's kind of interesting to to have the like script flipped you know and have people look to me for you know, first time advice or like beginner's advice or things like that. It's definitely something that I, you know, am very humbled by and very appreciate appreciative of. But it's always very uh, shocking when that happens. You know, <laughs> like oh, I'm I just got started too. Like I don't have a ton of yeah. I have nothing too, to tell you. Know? you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like I I was in your place like just a couple of years ago. How do you? I mean, like, how do you can not get like completely nervous I think about like I'm more so asking about like your first shoot you know like your first shoot these are people's wedding photos you know like it's not something you can retake yeah how did you Mm -hmm. calm yourself down like it's not like it's like oh a school portrait we can come back on Tuesday and redo like Mm -hmm. that's it yeah it's funny because a lot of people a lot of photographers that I know that do like food photography or family photos or like something else that is mm-hmm. more um like less higher stakes mm-hmm. than weddings you know they'll always say the same thing of like I tried a wedding once for like a friend or like I attempted this and I just can never I could never you know handle that kind of pressure and yeah so so it's definitely something that definitely worried me my first wedding I burst into tears after the ceremony I was you know so I was so overwhelmed and overcome with emotion. I was told that I was being distracting while I was like running around taking my photos. And I was like, 
this is what I watched this other photographer <laughs> do for, for years, you know? And, and, you know, like, I don't know if that was like a male female thing or what, but I was just kind of like, um, okay. Um, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, so my first, my first shoot was definitely nerve wracking, but there's a lot of things that you can do on the technical side to make sure that the images are safe and things like that. Like backing up your files, like onto the cloud and a drive and mm -hmm. a separate drive, you know, like there's all these different tools that you can use like on the technical side to make sure that the images are safe and protected and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, again, if I, if I hadn't had those two years of just watching someone photograph weddings, mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I think I would have been way more in my head than I was. And I mean, I still cried. So it's like, it still wasn't, <laughs> it still wasn't like an amazing first go yeah. at it. But, but you know, I had a grip on like, okay, I need to get a photo of this, a photo of that. And you need to make sure that we're moving along with the family photos and like this, you know, orderly fashion and this, that, and the other, you know? So it was very much like of the notion of like, just do what you saw. Um, his name was Nat, the, the photographer I worked for. I was like, just do what you saw Nat doing, you know, like be everywhere, you know. Um, and if I had just done it out of the gate, like I definitely would have d missed some stuff or thought I could go to the bathroom and then missed a dance or something, you know, like, <laughs> like or something. So I was like, okay, um, I, I basically just did what I had been witnessing as a shadow for mm -hmm. two years, you know, which definitely helped on the confidence level. Um and, um, and yeah, but I mean, it's, it's something that you just kind of have to like slowly build your confidence in like, okay, I can, you know, do this, you know, like I can photograph like all these moments mm -hmm. and capture all these moments and things like that. And like, you know, little things helped, you know, as my business grew, like working with more second photographers that could, you know, be there and be present at the same time as me, like it really adds like its own little insurance policy to it. And then, like, sometimes having, like, two cameras in case, like, one camera just, like, spontaneously combusts or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> all of that is just, like, so important to have. So, you know, as I, as I grew, I learned more ways to build that confidence in being sure that I did capture, you know, every mm -hmm. moment. And then there's also a lot of communication that goes into it, too. I'll communicate with my couples before the wedding and ask them, like, is there anything that's going to happen that is untraditional that I am not aware of like a surprise for like your mom or something mm -hmm. like that or something where it's like we're gonna do like this special dance that's an inside joke between me and my cousins or whatever mm -hmm. you know like I'll ask beforehand and be like is there anything that I'm gonna miss that or anything that I might miss because I'm not aware that it's happening mm -hmm. outside of your normal wedding traditions with dances and, and toasts and things like that so the more like communication and the more like knowledge that I built in terms of like what I need to make sure that everything is like safe and secure totally helped with the, the confidence of, okay, this is never going to be repeated again, but I actually have like, a decent <laughs> handle on it, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what is it like to be at a wedding that you, you know, you don't know these clients, but I mean, it, it, you said it's building confidence and, in, in, in what you're doing, but to, I think there is some, the idea of like putting so much emotion into something that has so much emotion, mm -hmm. you know, and not wanting to hit that right, right. Like, what is that like for you to consp uh, experience on a regular basis? Cause weddings, you know, they can make me cry and, yeah. and to just be like, I get to witness this beautiful moment continuously. 
Um, yeah. and, and what is that like for you? I mean, you know, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Like sometimes by the time the ceremony rolls around, I will have worked so much on like the front end of the day that mm-hmm. I am so distracted and so like <laughs> like where's the food like this on the other like I should have brought a bar but I didn't bring one but I gotta get through the ceremony and then I can get a water you know mm-hmm. like sometimes like my brain goes into like I'm very logic based so sometimes my, my brain goes into like this overdrive but um a lot of times you know ceremonies are really like personalized and beautiful and I'm a really like sympathetic crier so mm-hmm. if like someone starts crying like it doesn't even matter why like I just start crying <laughs> you know like I don't have to feel the emotion but I just like look at tears and then tears show up <laughs> in my eyes you know so it's like that is sometimes hard to to photograph through like I can't see and I just see like <laughs> the mother of the groom or whatever just like crying and I'm like oh my goodness you know like this is such like her little boy or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous but um but yeah I'm like it's definitely an emotional like when I'm working weddings I'm pretty much there from from like the beginning of the day to the end of it and it is you know what you don't see as an as a guest is that it is such an emotional roller coaster and I kind of get taken on this like empathic journey of like dealing with all the stress like before the ceremony like like um clients like freaking out about like how their outfits fit or like if there's like a wardrobe technicality that needs to be fixed or like someone's just being really aggravating or like (laughs) something like that like I've dealt with it all where like I'll show up and they'll be like this one person is just really getting on my nerves I need you to help like keep her away from me or like something like that I'm like oh like I have another job now you know um like and and that is a lot of it sometimes is that being like on the being a part of the entire day with them causes you to sort of like become part of the wedding party part of the family Mm -hmm. like you're helping people like zip up you're helping people like dab their like tears or whatever if they're having like an emotional moment or something and you're um you know fixing hair and and all that stuff and you're just kind of like all over the place in terms of just helping your clients and kind of like holding their hands like through this process because I've been I've been doing weddings for years now like I've been working weddings for almost six years and this is the first time usually that they've ever you know had a wedding yeah so it's it's such a new experience for them but it's such a it's such a an old and and regular experience for me so it's always interesting to kind of see like what my emotions are going to do on that day you know mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll be like okay like it's go time like da, 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 da. you know like we're going to get the family together and I'm going to be in like total ninja mode etc <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like just like just chatting the whole time and just being like super like chummy with like the moms or whatever you know mm-hmm. like it really just like it depends on the day and like the vibe and it's really easy to kind of like pick up a wedding vibe mm-hmm. and sort of like take it on for like the whole day like if everyone's like super chill like there's a problem doesn't matter like at least we're getting married like you know like <laughs> you take on that same mentality for the day mm-hmm. you're like you know what everything's fine you know but if everything's like super like high stress and like high tension you kind of like take on that same energy and you're mm-hmm. like okay like got to make sure that everything like stays like on board and like I have to like, do my part to make sure that everything stays on schedule but like it never does but it's like it really just kind of like depends on the day and it's actually very easy to just like absorb all the energies of like 
everyone around you, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're there for like, I work average like eight hours, you know, like guests are there for like four, maybe, you know, (laughs) um, like three or four, but like, I'm there like all day, you know, like I'm there through the dancing. I'm there from like sobriety to less sobriety. Like (laughs) I am, I am here for like the whole journey. So Mm -hmm. I kind of go through, like, sometimes I just go through the same like wave of emotions as my clients do Mm -hmm. just because I'm just like, spending so much time around them Mm -hmm. um but but that's really where like the the communication really comes into play a lot of times I'll do my best to sort of make sure that myself and the client have a really good like personable relationship in terms of like even on the first phone call I'm like if we're not connecting Mm -hmm. you know I'm like I might not be able to like serve you as well as as you'd like me to Mm -hmm. you know so a lot of my work comes down less to the actual taking of the photos and more about like making sure that everyone is like extremely um comfortable and extremely like in tune with each other um because I really am like a fly on the wall for the entire day Mm -hmm. so it has a lot of emotional pressure so I want to ask you in the midst of COVID-19 you know you said that you had like 30 weddings Mm-hmm. ready to go and now you yeah. you know don't so don't. <laughs> how is that like affect affecting you you know your your business you are independent so it's like yeah this is how you it, literally get your bread and butter so yeah I was like it is it has taken an incredible hit um especially being in the events industry because for most of these states that are reopening mm-hmm. events are phase four and beyond like yeah. you know like until coronavirus until there's a vaccine basically yeah. you know like we're not we're not congregating in groups of like 100 to 200 until then basically um so it took a huge hit and again it's been like a, it it it's that same thing of like that big emotional roller coaster because i'm going going along for the ride with these like brides and grooms as they struggle with like do we postpone do we just go down to an elopement do we cancel all together you know like i have had multiple conversations with each of my clients about like, no, we're going to just kind of like wait until, you know, we hear more Mm -hmm. or whatever. They're like, you know what, let's just reschedule, get it out of the way. Like, so that we don't have to stress about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then some have had to make the really tough decision to just cancel outright because, you know, they want to do what's best for, for their families. Um, so it's been really, um, emotionally taxing going through this, this journey with my couples, but you know, I can only imagine how much more so it is for them. But, um, but yeah, in terms of like the business, of course it's taken a hit, but, um, I have been fortunate to still be, um, accumulating additional business for 2021. And, and that comes with, you know, it's like deposits and and that Mm -hmm. stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's been, that's been keeping me afloat you know for the time being and then you know like working out stuff in terms of loans and grants and stuff like that I've been just like applying left and right for stuff um and just kind of being on that same like small business boat that everyone else is on Mm -hmm. right now um but but yeah so like some things have worked out in that camp which is very good um and then I had like a little like nest egg of savings anyway. Um, so I've sort of just been like chipping away at the savings <laughs> life, you know, and I'm like, Ooh, watching those numbers go down is rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, but again, it's just kind of like another reminder, 
like similar to when I moved here to just kind of like, okay, I got to like pound the pavement, you know, see how and when I can like appropriately promote, you know, myself, Mm -hmm. um, in order to, uh, in order to acquire a new business. So it's a, like my motto is now one day at a time. I never thought I would say it this much, (laughs) but literally every day I'm like, okay, we just got to see what we can get through today. (laughs) And then tomorrow we'll see what we get through tomorrow. (laughs) Has this like kind of made you think about branching out of wedding photography? And I mean, have you ever considered that in general, but has this kind of like pushed you further into that? Yeah. So wedding photography, like I was saying before, it's very emotionally taxing, but it's also extremely physically taxing because I am standing for standing, walking, running for upwards of like eight to 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, very rarely do I eat because I strictly just don't have time to, um, if I am as dedicated as I am to creating these authentic candid moments, you really can't miss a moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's an, it's an incredibly physically taxing job. And after last year I had worked 20 something of my own weddings. And then I worked as an independent contractor for another 20 to 30 weddings. So Mm -hmm. I worked almost 50 weddings in 2019 and I, for the first time in my life, suffered from burnout and I was not expecting to, to get to that point. I had to quit caffeine. I had to quit alcohol for a little while. I'm still off caffeine just because I used to drink like three, four, five cups <laughs> a day, like just to feel something, you know, <laughs> just and then to feel it got alive, to, just to feel alive. Um, and it got to the point where I was like sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. And there was like, no, like there was no like decrease in fatigue. Like I was just crumbling, you know? And so you know, that year sort of made me think like, maybe there's something else I could be doing. (laughs) Um, but the, the constant like struggle that I have mentally is that I have put in a lot of work and a lot of hours into sort of like cultivating this business and the concept of pivoting into a new avenue of business, um, is also met with the fact that I need to do a lot of that, those man hours Mm -hmm. again to create a new platform of business, whether it be like small business, social media, photography, food photography, or just, you know, plain old headshots and team shots or something like that. But it's definitely something that I've considered before, but just the notion of the work that needs to be put into it while still maintaining a wedding business. Cause the problem with weddings is that you book work a year in advance. So mm-hmm. my life is pretty much determined for the next 365 days or so. So if I wanted to pick up a new business, it would have to be in tandem with mm-hmm. weddings. So it really just kind of comes down to timing. Like when is going to be the right time to explore a new Avenue of business? Um, you would say it would be right now, but because of the pandemic, <laughs> no one needs photography right now. So I'm sure small businesses aren't looking to expand their, their marketing and things like that yeah. right now. Like, cause they're just holding on to their, to their budgets and their, and their like savings and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely something that I've like thought of before, but in terms of actually like pulling the trigger, it's, it's such a, it's such a convoluted decision because I have to sort of like, I can't just like stop weddings and then pick up another mode of photography because mm-hmm. then I'll be in a huge monetary dry spell, <laughs> you know? So, so, so yeah, so that's like really important, um, to me of course is to 
you know, pay my bills and, and eat food and whatnot. Because <laughs> like, exposure oh, does not pay those bills. So don't let people <laughs> come out of this pandemic talking oh, about, well, girl, we're all suffering. <laughs> there is a, a, like a comic like meme thing where someone like like someone walks up to like a hot dog stand mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, how much is it? And they're like, oh, it's like a dollar fifty. And he hands them like these bills that say like exposure on them. And he's like, well, do you take this? And he's like, no, <laughs> like, that is like to this day, my favorite like exposure joke. Like whenever someone says like, we'll pay you an exposure. I'm like, you literally know I can't get like like a hot dog. I can't get a happy meal with that. Yeah, that's my, I mean, and that is, I mean, that's a problem with being in creative spaces. If you're Mm -hmm. a writer, even journalism, like any, any type of like creative space, it's not like a tangible, hard, like systems kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. people are like, well, you're working at this place. So like it's exposure. I'm like, girl, when exposure can pay for this light and I can pay for this train for me to get to the place that you're paying me an exposure we can have a completely different conversation but until that day (laughs) until that day I'm gonna need some cold hard cash need some bills yeah throw me a 20 like that's (laughs) um so Sloan the last question I ask all my guests um is how do you define being a woman and womanhood okay um Great question. I knew you were going to ask this. Thank you. I did not, but I did not prepare. No one ever prepares. They know it's coming and they but never prepare. It's such, a, it's such a tough question. I mean, because, I mean, I, I and, and the other thing is I was listening to a few episodes, so I don't want to steal. It was either Rebecca or Maggie that said, you know, it's about like, you know, giving birth and stuff like that. And, and it's about motherhood. Um I personally, at this like stage of my life, I'm not interested in motherhood, and I don't know if I ever will be. So, I'm not sure that that is the answer that I want to give. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I would say for me, like personally, at this like phase of life, like being a woman and womanhood is all about the support that we give each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not. I would not be able to be where I am today if it wasn't for the moral support, the emotional support, the sometimes financial support, the, um, the professional support of all of the mentors and friends and my mother for, you know, helping me to pursue photography and reminding me that I can do it. Um, my grandmother for just being a really strong woman in general, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and all of that stuff and all of their like support, whether it be like something, um, whether it be something outright or something just by learning from their example, mm-hmm. um, I think that is definitely how I would define that. <laughs> you know, I was like, just just the unconditional support that we give each other, just because we are women. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. Don't <laughs> you're like I looked I ashamed. Like, I tried. I tried. I was like, I don't know if if I stole the answer from someone else. I'm no. sorry to whoever's episode that was. <laughs> no, you're good, and it's a it's a perfect answer. I love asking this question, and I love every single answer that 
I, I get, and I really appreciate yours as well. Yeah. Sloan, thank you so much for joining me in a quarantine episode. Um, <laughs> as all my episodes thank you have so much been. Thank for having me. Giving me something to do. Yes, That's not, you know. Um, just business admin, you know. I do like to provide the entertainment for most people. Uh, <laughs> so thank you again so much for coming on. Is there anything that you want to give a shout out to, plug? before we head on out of here oh, okay yeah like i could do a little shameless plug so yes please um, always it's never yeah. shameless um so my instagram is sloan dakota photo um and my website is also sloan dakota photo.com <laughs> so that's where you can find me and uh I don't know. Show some love. What do people say when they shameless plug? They're just like. I mean, they're just like, I follow. If they and if they don't plug themselves, I plug them, and I always link everything in the show notes. So either way, yeah, (laughs) it's gonna be there. So either way, the the receipts are there. Yes, Um, Sloan. Thank you so much again. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners. Um, If you'd like to connect with the show, and please, please do follow us at Pretty Face Lady Three on Instagram and Twitter. Um, And if you would like to email the show because you want to say hi, uh, you want to be on the show, you know someone who could be on the show, um, please email us at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.